Scooby-Doo, where are you? <laughs> well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 Tuts Ogre, I'm usual host Will, and joining me as per usual is my good buddy Matt. Hey Matt. Hey Will, how's it going? Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And also joining us is our good buddy Chris. Hey Chris. Hello. And we got a guest. This is our first guest for 2020, the Scooby-Doo season. Are you guys excited? Woo woo. Yeah. Let's bring him on. Joining us is our good friend David. Hey David. Hi, it's an honor to be your first guest of the season. This is amazing. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, we usually we used to do it like every other month we had a guest, but we did a special theme last month, so we we're happy to have you on for this this episode. I'm excited. I'm ready. Yeah, you were actually the first person I think when we announced the season that reached out to us and was like, "Get me on the show." So we wanted to make sure you were on the show as soon as possible. Oh, I appreciate it, and I'm very excited to talk Scoob with you guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, let's know like why this movie in particular were you so excited to talk about it. I just love Scooby-Doo in general, and I feel like this movie is, it's like I remember it from my childhood, and whenever I rewatch it, I can't even pick apart what's nostalgia or what I actually like about it. It's just like kind of a mess. Yeah, that's basically our reaction <laughs> to all the movies. That, yeah, that's definitely, I definitely agree with that, <laughs> yeah. Reed. And it's just like a nice happy mess. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just magical. It's a magical film. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I don't know, I, I feel like I have mixed feelings on it overall, even though I've been pretty negative throughout the season, more so than Matt and Chris. I just, I don't know, it is undoubtedly embedded into my childhood, so I can't really look at it with full, uh, I don't know what the word is, like full uh, retrospective or anything. I just, it, it is what it is. Like it's like you said, it's a happy mess. Yes. Um, you can't you're, you're biased towards like you yeah can't that's, look a, that's at it. fair yeah i'd say i'm biased in some respect i mean not biased in the sense like i'm involved with the film or anything but biased in that it is like i've seen it more times than i can count i'm very familiar with the movie but my feelings towards it are quite mixed um sure. should we address the elephant in the room uh just what's going on with the world before we get too far ahead oh yeah everybody's quarantined yeah. right now i mean it doesn't really affect our podcast too much because we i mean secrets we already spoilers. Them over yeah the- <laughs> I, I usually just quarantine in general so right yeah i mean that's the thing is that like <laughs> right yeah i mean if you guys i mean there's only we do like one episode a year where you're not uh quarantined to begin with so i guess it's not hopefully it's not gonna affect the podcast at all going forward but we just hope everyone's yeah. safe and healthy and hopefully this will cheer you up if you're not feeling too great with what's going on right now as i think it's pretty understandable so, uh, where should we get? We where should we begin with this episode? Is it well? Let's start with David. Do you have any notes? Um, I mean, I have I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this movie. I don't know where to really right. begin. <laughs> right. That's. I mean, that's fair. I think it's how we all feel <laughs> when we go into these things. So, uh, whatever feels most pertinent or most. Uh, well, I was, wa- uh, I was watching it today with ads on. Um, I think it was like IMDb. Yeah, TV that's or how I watched. Oh, yeah. nice. And I don't know if it was, like, the streaming quality, but it really looked like a TV movie this time around. And, it, like, I would not be surprised, like, if I had 
if I had not known about this movie and was watching like Showtime or like Lifetime or something, and I was like, oh, Lifetime made a Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> that's you're not what wrong. It felt like. <laughs> I can certainly yeah, see I, that. I agree yeah. with that assessment. Especially given the things that were cheap look a lot cheaper now. For yes. sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else you got? The, uh, well, like you said, how things were passable back then and look terrible now. Like, this CGI was amazingly bad, but. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that brought nostalgic feelings, I guess, but also like very like how did we let this slide kind of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think like if this were a TV movie, what year is it likely that it, like it's a 2002 theatrical movie, but if we if you were to just see this on TV, what year do you think it would have been made? Like 2008 maybe? Yeah, I was going to say 2000. Yeah, 2000, yeah, around that time. TV's about five years behind. Yeah. That sounds about right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But, um, anything else? Anything in particular about, like, the movie or weird things that stick out to you watching as an adult as opposed to a kid? I saw a lot of, like, weird kind of knockoff Tim Burton influences in it that I didn't catch before. (laughs) And I've watched this movie actually a couple times as an adult. I didn't catch that, especially in, like, the, um, the haunted castle that oh, they have yeah, in the music the park. design and stuff. And, like, sure. the, the train oh, that yeah, has a face is... on it. That was, like, very... Yeah. Yeah, that stuff does look very Burton. Yeah, I mean, definitely the castle looks very much just like, hey, Tim, are you using that set at all? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, no, I'm making this Planet of the Apes movie right now. You can borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure, we'll take it. I have a couple notes. Okay. If you don't want to, we don't want to, we don't have to put all the pressure on David sure, at first. Sure, fair enough. <laughs> um, I really like Shaggy's line, materialism's not really our bag, man. I think that's just like a really good Shaggy line. I think he's a bit of a hypocrite though when he says that, because materialism is... Why is that? Well, I mean, you know, like he cares so much about consuming food and like, like his like whole like aesthetic feels very, cons- I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I just want. I was gonna say I don't. I just I wanted, to, say I just wanted to materialistic. <laughs> I just wanted to contradict you in some way. So you you caught my you bluff. S- on a <laughs> swear word. Yeah. Um. I I was gonna mention to. I can't remember if I mentioned this last month, but the extras in this movie are just awful. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I noticed that this time as well. Like, I mean, I. I super much. Are, well, sorry, good. Oh, they're doing like they're especially the ones during parties are doing like their kind of fake dancing thing in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's kind of weird because like some of them are like trying. Like I get they're going for like like sixty dancing and stuff like during the Sugar Ray scene. Like they're just kind of mm-hmm. going for like that awkward aesthetic, like in like Elvis movies and stuff. But like every other scene, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the actors aren't really sure what they're supposed to be doing. Like so they just kind of like roll yeah. with it. Like, they weren't really given too much stage direction. Oh yeah, the one that always makes me cringe is when the girls like back off my grill, son. That yeah. always makes me cringe every well, time. And that too, along with um, the Daphne and Luchador fight scene at the end, the the wire work in this movie stands out like oh yeah in a for really sure. bad way. It's not like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where it's obvious right. as a aesthetic of the um, of the genre. It's just uh, they didn't do a very good job with the wire work. It's pretty obvious that people are strung up like that. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think this movie pales in comparison to Crouching Tiger and yeah. Dragon. Scooby-Doo, it's no Crouching Imagine Tiger that. and Dragon. In that scene, they did this weird, like, slow-mo edit thing twice. Yes! Oh, what yeah. was yes! that about? Why? <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. I don't know. Stylistic choice, I guess? Are you talking about the scene where they rip off the mask? For, uh, no, no. Whenever Daphne is fighting oh, the Luchador, okay, yeah, it like a couple times goes into basically like twos, yeah, um, where it's every other frame, but the audio is still normal, right. and so like the lip syncing does match. They just have basically taken out half the frames. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have to assume that's all for dramatic effect, but it just looks yeah. really bad. It, it always wasn't bugs like me used when I'm... throughout the movie or anything. It was like two parts in that scene. <laughs> Or yeah. they just yeah. slowed down. Right. It always bugs me yeah. that movie, for slow-mo, in, instead of actually slowing it down, they just, you know... Take out they, frames. Take out frames or just lower the frame rate in general. It's just like... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it bothers me more when they try to build up the um, like scene where they rip off Rowan Atkinson's face. Like That's where it bothers me more than the fight scene, but it, it's still uh-huh. kind of... It's still awkward both times. Mm-hmm. You have any notes, Chris? Um, that was my main note, uh, okay. and I also, you know, mentioned the back off, I, I noticed the back off my grill as being not a very, and even, when you, she also says, are you tricking on me? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I think it's supposed to well, sound Well, I think, unnatural. isn't that supposed to be, it's, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, cringy. I feel like, because they're uh, doing, like, the... Yeah, I mean, I get that, but it just feels like, I don't know, for some reason, back off my grill seems, like, more cringy than it's supposed to be, if that makes sense. Kind of, yeah. I think, I like all the, the whole stuff around, um the training videos. Oh yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. And it's like, when I see that, it almost makes me wonder if the bad extras acting is intentional. And that's what I mean. It very well might be. It might be in that regard. At the same time though, Raja Gosnell does not strike me as a director with that level of attention to detail. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's some, maybe the extras read the script and we're just like, Oh, we should, we should uh, step up here. I mean, all the actors, (laughs) possibly acting like monsters in disguise is like some pt anderson <laughs> level stuff like yeah but you know maybe the, it's like maybe it's, i don't know though because it's like it's a it's this distinct thing because when they get to the island rowan atkinson is like look all, all these kids like they look like a bunch of well-behaved college students he's like exactly they're supposed to be partying but they're all acting very strange so it, it like very well could be a part of the direction it could be but uh, you know at the same time you see the extras on the mainland which are also terrible Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's either a like a PA is like super involved with this, knows what this should be, and and Raja Gosnell just doesn't care, or Raja Gosnell was like super involved in the beginning, and then after a point he just got bored and just like yeah whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I like I the uh, training video where um, yeah, it's uh, I'm hip to all the popular trends. <laughs> Word, and then it. Yeah, there's the crash zoom on his face, and he winks. Um, the smashing of the glass, like, I will crush your bones into dust. Now, like, is every- that one guy, <laughs> the guy that propositions Shaggy? Um, I can't, oh. I, oh, I never I can't even remember. thought about no, that. I don't know, I didn't notice that. I don't know. I don't think so. That might be just me, because like, I wasn't super paying attention to the training video, but, like, at one point like i was watching i was like it's not the same guy it doesn't look like it but i wasn't sure are you talking about the guy who goes thank you so much you saved me whenever shaggy accidentally pulls him out of the fountain no i'm talking about the guy it's like and all you can eat scooby sex when he's like or all you can eat. oh the guy at the beginning that probably oh, no i don't think that's okay. him i don't think that's him i mean i haven't really i wasn't paying too close attention so i i just might have been me thinking they have a connection there but i wasn't sure 
The one that um, first uh, approaches them on the beach? Yeah, like at the beginning of the movie. Oh, no, I think it's a different guy. Talk about Toasted. Okay. They have kind of similar haircuts, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think next time I watch this, I want to, like, do an, a running inventory of how many weird foods that the, the talk about or that are seen in the movie. Because I, I it's always kind of struck me, but this time even more so, that Shaggy's describing the Sunday that they all are, or the banana split. Um, with the banana, the bubblegum, what is it, um, pastrami, bubblegum flavored ice cream, and um, mustard sauce. Yeah. <laughs> All classic Scooby Doo. Scooby's like, mm, mm. Yeah, the it's egg burger, the egg chocolate plant. sauce. Chocolate. Oh, the chocolate sauce, yep. Yeah. Chocolate burger at the beginning, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a bunch. I just can't think of any other examples besides that. <clears throat> um, Those are mostly my notes. Okay. Uh, anything for you, David, before I, I say some of mine? I feel like the, I didn't. I wasn't paying exactly attention to when it happened, but at some point, Velma had a lot more cleavage than she did it earlier in the movie. And oh, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Hmm. I mean, well, that, yeah, I was gonna that's say. because of the she gets possessed. And there's actually a deleted scene that expands upon that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and also, there's, they, there's more uh, about the cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, they, like, CG'd some cleavage, but there's some shots where it's, like, they forgot to or they didn't. They CG'd out cleavage. That's what I mean. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, is that, like, yeah. there's some scenes, like, I noticed that more this time, not to be like perverted, but like, no, I uh, also noticed. But like, there was just like some shots where it's like, you could kind of tell like they like were you know, doing some CG rendering and some other times where it's like I guess they just didn't want to do it for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that's definitely intentional. I guess they they wanted the cleavage, but they somebody involved with Warner Brothers like no cleavage. I had to really tone it down. Yeah. Um. Which I think goes to show that this movie has this weird kind of two brains aesthetic where it's like kind of wants to be more adult leaning, but it's like also trying to be for kids. And it's just kind of this weird middle land. Does, yeah, it's across two different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone know if they started filming before the script alterations were made to tone it down? I don't know. I think so. I've heard mixed reports. To okay. Be honest. Like, I've heard some people, like, I've heard there's like more footage, like adult PG 13R footage that's out there. But I don't know if that's just rumors or if that's true or if, like, I think Matt suggested in the past that, like, they, by the time they were filming, it was mostly, like, toned down and, like, watered down to the point where it's, like, mostly, like, what we see now. But it's hard to say. It's just, I don't know. I mean, when you're making a movie that the main, one of the main characters is CGI, your script has to be pretty clear, at least structurally. Mm. So if anything, it would be some dialogue stuff I would say that would change. But well, didn't, I mean, um, just yeah. Didn't one of you share something from James Gunn a couple months ago that he he was taught? He mentioned something about the movie on his Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently there's like a the reason there was an R-rated cut was because there's like one according to him there was a joke that got misinterpreted or something. Oh, I don't know okay. Which joke that was? <clears throat> but I guess that's apparent. Like apparently it's not like there's like there's not like some version where it's like they're dropping f bombs and stuff like that. Apparently it was like pretty close to like pg-13 before maybe yeah then they just yeah, it down definitely that's right yeah there's that one joke that that made it he said it wouldn't have been rated r if that joke hadn't been misinterpreted or something like that yeah that's what i mean yep. so i don't know what what the joke that was or if that movie if that joke is even in the movie anymore but it's probably not if it was making the movie get rated r yeah, that's true 
But I don't know. I mean, the MPA is such a weird organization that, like, who knows, like, what they interpreted it to be. So I don't know. Yeah, they are weird. Remember the um, the Beowulf animated movie? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. It's rated PG-13. Yeah. Really? It's yeah. the only PG-13 movie, I think, with a red band trailer, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> wow. That's so It strange. is so violent, too. Zemeckis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I liked that when it came out, but I imagine I like I've watched a couple of clips again. Like that's CG, that's that's CG that did not age well. Uh, I have to say, no. So. I never saw it. You should. So this time around, I tried to listen to the uh, speech that the bald guy makes at the towards the beginning, whenever they first get to the island. Mm. Um, and one of my favorite parts I wrote down that he he introduces the luchador as my evil best friend. <laughs> I don't know. I just am tickled by the idea of this is my evil best friend as opposed to my good best yeah. friend. Like, I don't know. Using <laughs> the fact that they're best friends is just funny. Yeah. Like I just you, <laughs> like you picture them like just doing stuff together, you know, like Yeah, like hanging yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go and like some intentional ice cream. people. <laughs> I the guy always reminds me of um uh the the mummy, the Brendan Fraser mummy, the bad guy. Imhotep? Yeah, sure. I've never actually seen that, but I get that vibe for sure. Yeah. And I always think that that guy is Billy Zane, and everything's just confusing. Um, Will, did you want to share any notes? Um, let's see. So, Scooby is weirdly quick to disown his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Scrappy? Scrappy? Yeah. Are they officially cousins in this? I don't know. I mean, I I assume because, I mean, to be fair, like you you're alluding, like they're kind of cherry picking what lore they want. But right, I, I thought they they mentioned that. Or did they not mention that he was their cousins in this too? Um, I don't know. If they say it, but I guess I mean his name is Scrappy Doo, so the relation is implied. Right. Uh. Right. Yeah. But also, I mean, in Scooby's defense in disowning his cousin, his cousin is trying to kill him. I mean, no, I'm not talking about at the end. I mean, in that scene where they're like... Oh, in the flashback? Yeah, your unofficial leader. He's like, real quick, be like, yeah, whatever. Like, you can throw him out in the middle (laughs) of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it's like she said, he wasn't even a puppy. He had a glandular disorder. Right. Well, I mean, even beyond being a puppy, like, it's still, like, his blood. I guess. Yeah. Um, speaking of that scene, I, I have noted that that's a good use of God Only Knows. I was surprised when that song came on. Yeah. It always catches me a little off guard. Yeah, I was like, whoa, they have real music in this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I think makes it work, is that it's like everything else is so dated and like specific to 2002, and then all of a sudden there's like this throwback and it makes the flashback work better. I yeah, think. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish they would like lean more into that, like the like old fashioned Scooby Doo group thing. They just kind of give a taste of it and then discard it. I agree. And yeah. actually, on that note, shortly thereafter, uh, in the scene where the monsters attack the bar, mm-hmm. um, there's a sequence where Scooby himself slides across the bar and then like grabs a sandwich yep. and runs off. Um, it's very cartoonish. And I even noticed this time that underneath the music, which I believe is the man with the hex, 
Um, I have something to say about that song too, by the way. <laughs> okay. Um, there are clearly edited in some classic cartoon sound effects, mm-hmm. like from the original cartoon that are like in there, but they're just buried under the music. And like, I don't get why they, I, it's, it's almost as if they like, were going to have the sound effects like prominent. And then they the exec was like, Oh, that's, that sounds stupid. Make the music louder. Kids aren't going to like that. Yeah, exactly. It's a bummer, though, because the sound effects sound great. Yeah, I mean, it's like you mentioned before with the uh, opening that got discarded. That was going to be traditional 2D animation. Mm-hmm. It just seems like some Warner Bros. executive was just like, oh, kids aren't going to take that. We even know, like... <laughs> this is live action, right? damn it. Even though, like, Scooby-Doo's <laughs> been an institution for, like, 60 years now. <laughs> now, but yeah, I guess at the time, 40, right. but still, that's a lot. Right. But, I feel uh, like if the whole movie was that... Um, intro sequence with the toy factory i would have liked that movie better like I just agree. a scooby-doo plot that had adult elements in it would have been and that's kind of what scooby-doo 2 is i haven't seen that since i was very young yeah i haven't seen that in a while either i guess i think we mentioned this before, that one is yeah. definitely it's more traditional scooby-doo yeah i mean you seem to have a better memory of it than i do so i'll take your word for it i just don't remember that movie <laughs> at all besides seth green being in it <laughs> I remember Peter Boyle being in it because he looks like a Scooby-Doo animation yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, yeah. I guess that's a fair point, yeah. They should have done more with Peter Boyle in general, I guess. Yeah. He would have been a great villain for a Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, honestly, yeah. Yeah, can you imagine like, him just being like, I would have gotten away with it too. Yeah, he should have been like the ultimate like Scooby-verse bad man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Scooby-Doo right. Cinematic Universe. Yeah. yeah, he'd be the Thanos of the Scooby-verse. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he does look just like a classic I mean, Scooby-Doo villain. Weirdly enough, this plot is kind of similar to Thanos' plan. Like, sacrificing hmm. the pure one for, like, world power and destroying humanity. There's some, if, there's they, some yeah. if they redo uh, Infinity War and Endgame with this Scooby-Doo cast, I would buy a ticket. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, little one. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because there was um, there's a comic called uh, Scooby or no, there's there's a DC comic that's being that, or was being published called Scooby Doo Team Up, which would basically team up Scooby Doo with a different Warner Brothers property every issue. Oh, and I incredible. saw some. What's that? I said that would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of cool ones. Like, there's a lot. It was a lot of DC superheroes, but then there would also be, like, occasionally other Hanna-Barbera things. But um, in their, I think, final issue, they did a whole thing that was basically, like, I guess less Infinity War, more into the Spider-Verse, where all of the different versions of Scooby-Doo, um, like, team up to fight a monster, and including the movie ones, so they're, like, drawn in there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah, they were doing some like really cool stuff with Hanna Barbera properties with DC Comics. Oh yeah, that Flintstones one was good. I actually just read the first six issues of the Flintstones one a month or two ago, and it's fantastic. Yeah, and Scooby Apocalypse like wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it was still pretty good. Yeah, I read the first trade of that as well. It was I was like, this is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Well, going to an earlier point we were going to talk about. So that song is called The Man with the Hex. Oh, yes. The Man with the Hex. Yeah. Okay. Because I wasn't sure because I, I didn't know what that song was outside of the movie. And I was listening to the lyrics. And they were like, 
talk about the voodoo, who do you do? And that's like, wait, yeah, a that's minute, magic wait a dance from. That's Weber. what I mean, exactly. Yeah. So like the lyrics they take, they take like a verse from David Bowie, and then I was like, is this a remake? Is this like a really shitty remake of Magic Dance? And I was looking it up, and it's not. It's just like a totally different song that just happened to have the same lyrics. So I think there's a counterfeits, like there's a there's a um, a lawsuit to be found in here. I'm glad you brought this up because I've I've actually been wondering about this for a few years now. Um, because I I figured it was like a cover of sorts. Because I've actually and I know this is sacrilege, but I've never seen Labyrinth. Kind of surprised um, to be honest. It seems like your thing. I know. Well, you know, yeah, especially with the Henson stuff. Yeah. But um, no, I just have never gotten around to it. It's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I th- I think I think I watched it as a kid, but sure. yeah, not not in like memory. Uh, so a lot of bulge, a lot lyrics... of bulge action in, from David Bowie. <laughs> sure. Yes, there is. Um, but I knew that those lyrics were the same because I've seen like a clip of him singing that song, and I knew the song <clears throat> "The Man with the Hex." So I wasn't sure if that was a deliberate thing or if it was a cover. Or but I, so you're saying it's not a cover; it's just a reuse, a, a I sampling mean, of the lyrics. I, I'll rescind any comment I say if if someone comes back and tells me that it's a cover, or like there's some legal f- like. Uh, you know, there's some there's some agreement made. It, that, that's fine, but as far as I can tell, it's a ripoff, like a straight up ripoff. Yeah, it's like the verbatim intro to Magic right, Dance. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So well, that that makes me think that it's not a ripoff, but instead like an homage, because it's like unapologetic. I'm on Lyrics Genius right now, mm-hmm. and they have it. They say that it's just a reference Possibly, to Magic Dance, but I mean. You know, it's still copyrighted. Yeah. So, like, how how that how how that happen? Uh, fair use, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, does that qualify for fair use? Probably. Okay. It should it's be like the a trial poem. of the century. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take it to court. <laughs> the atomic fireballs versus I don't know whoever wrote Magic yeah. Dance. <laughs> it's like a big trial. Eventually, Scooby Doo goes up to the stand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know. but I don't know I mean like I said I'll rescind any comment I make if someone comes and you know I mean maybe it does you know qualify like you say for fair use or whatever but um, I, I think I think it's a robbery okay so I guess we'll leave it at that for now <laughs> I have an interesting question do you think this is not on that same tangent but um, is this the only movie in which Rowan Atkinson is a villain I mean, he's not technically Rowan Atkinson, but uh, like it technically is too. Johnny English reborn, I guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> think I think this is the only one. <laughs> uh, David, any other thoughts? Um, I'm sure I have more thoughts. I'm trying to oh, get yeah. them all out here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to be put on the spot. Yeah, I don't it's know. like a whole hodgepodge of like tonal differences that. Like, I want to see the adult version, and then I want to mm-hmm. see, like, the version that has no adultness in it. Yes. Like, I want this movie split into two movies that were released on the same day that, like, parents would go to, and then the kids would go to the <laughs> other one. That's what I want to see. You know what's weird is I even like the idea. second one still has some adult humor. A little bit, yeah. Because I guess they'd have to carry, like, the tone over since they already established... Yeah, it was, it's just yeah. like so. What year did this come out? Uh, two thousand two. Yeah. 
yeah, that makes so much sense. It's like such a like it's even filmed like a music video from like Outcast oh, yeah. or uh, something. It's like a like, like a whole ska aesthetic is like deeply embedded into this movie's like cool air aura. Yeah, wasn't there like, even cool a ska aura. like cover of the theme song, or there was some kind of ska like rendition of something that that really caught me? <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't place it though. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly kind of surprising that Smash Mouth is not in this. In some fashion or another. Uh, yeah. Like, even, like, a reference to Smash Mouth, or, like, it's on the jukebox or something. It's pretty surprising. Well, you know, Sugar Ray took that. Yeah, I mean... The, the, but do you think the, do you think they approached Smash That would have Mouth been the moment anything? for Smash Mouth, yeah. Um, I, I forget the lead series guy, but can you imagine that scene, but it's just, like, Steve, what's-his-face from Smash Mouth? It's like cut. Steve Harvel? Yeah, Steve Harvel, that's it. Uh, just the same exact scene, but just it's Steve Harvel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I can't stop imagining it, and it sounds incredible. Yeah, like Steve Harvel was like trying to kill Scooby Doo in that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing. And like, what song would they be performing there? Well, obviously, I mean, um, well, we'll probably be Walking on the Sun. I was gonna say it. No, it wouldn't yeah, be would all Walking on the Sun. Yeah, Walking on the Sun. Yeah, it would be Walking on the Sun. That that singer's an interesting dude. Um, I was a few years ago, Smash Mouth was performing in Fort Collins, Colorado, and people yep. in the audience started giving a hard time, and somebody threw bread at him. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, were you there when that happened? Unfortunately, not. Although I was, okay. um, I could have, I could have driven there easily. I mean, I was okay. close. Okay, because I was gonna say, I love, I rewatched that, I rewatched that video sometimes because <laughs> there's a point in it that I just find so fascinating where like. The other band members are like crying to keep their cool when he's like, you know, dropping the F bomb and swearing. They're like, kind of like, he's play- losing it. Yeah. And they're just like kind of playing like the background, the all star, like trying to like get him back into it. Just, like, like, F you. Like, who the F did this? And he's like, do, do, do. It's so good. Yeah. Um, whenever Scooby comes running out of the woods and jumps into Shaggy's arms, yeah. um, I think it's a very graceful spin move. Yeah. yeah. And I also want to point out, I think we mentioned this, but um, uh, Matthew Lillard has a much better um, physical presence of looking like he's holding a CG animal than um, Jennifer Love Hewitt did Any, in Garfield. I was going to say anyone, anyone in Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> um, That's fair, yeah. Like, he, it's very comfortable looking the way he um, kind of knows where Scooby is, like, if that makes sense. Yeah. I fully agree. Should have gotten yeah. an Oscar. And even the, the when he jumps into Scooby's arms, that's one of the best effects in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> classic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speak, speaking of classic Scooby-Doo, um, <laughs> there's a line whenever they're in the motorcycle, not the the, the quads, the ATV chase, um, and there's a guy who hangs onto the tail of the one he's dragging, and Shaggy says, like, what a drag. Yeah. <laughs> and... I think that's like a vintage Scooby. Like, like I could easily see that line being in any of the classic Scooby Doo episodes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's like the exact right sense of humor. <laughs> There's a part where they all like ran into each other in the woods. I think it was like, yeah, because they did the body swap in the woods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't coordinate that. They were just running into the woods. How did they run into each other? <laughs> they were all uh, possessed. I guess I never thought about that. They, yeah. just, like, yeah. they just ran into each other like all as a group. On this whole island yeah. that yeah. <laughs> just happened. <laughs> they were drawn by that little like uh, 
triangle thing, I guess. And the Damon, yeah, so, yeah. Soul, yeah, their souls distract them there. I guess. The Damon, right? <laughs> the Matt Damon Cenobite <laughs> puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, I only have two more notes. Okay, so I'll just share them both. Um, I think the costume designers did a good job of making sure that all four of like the core four's colors really pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they really the nailed like, Shaggy's costume for sure. Yeah. Honestly, I'd say most of the costumes they nailed. Yeah, but especially Shaggy. Um, Shaggy and Velma, sure. yeah. 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 Um, and uh, then the other note I have is that whenever Shaggy is looking in the Fountain of Souls, mm-hmm. um, and it, like, like Fred floats by and looks and goes, Hoo! Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that part makes me laugh every <laughs> single time I've ever watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so strange. Look how he gets, he rescues one person and then it's not, it's not Fred or whatever, so he puts the, so he just puts him back. Dude, all you gotta do is just let go. It's a good joke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He actually, you know. He made a decision to make that man's life harder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, dude, I'm looking for my friends. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of like making people's lives worse, it's, it is, there's no way that what Daphne does to the luchador doesn't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> he falls like three stories onto a spiked fountain. Yeah. And in the next scene, he's just getting arrested. Like it's no problem. <laughs> and then like, like that guy's that, dead. Police exist in this universe, but like, right. so, so do these people who solve all the mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> There's a famous team of people who solve mysteries. <laughs> in this world only exists to put the handcuffs on <laughs> they wait for the mystery team to solve i guess they're i guess they classify as private eyes but still the, the fact that they're famous yes. like... uh, there's also in the beginning you know shaggy mentions that he's just the guy that carries the bag or carries the bags yeah. but apparently he also owns the mystery machine yeah why did <laughs> yeah. he get the yeah. car yeah. It's like it's like a crucial part of their identity and and shaggy is just the bag boy but he's he he owns the car because in the shows, it's always Fred is driving it. It is, but right. after they break up, it's um, Shaggy and Scooby that are on the beach in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I always liked the idea that Shaggy can't, comes from money. Yeah. But, uh, doesn't show it because he's just, he's like a hippie. He, he never, yeah, he acts as if well, he's, a beat. he's not rich. Yeah, he's a beatnik. He's like, I guess that's kind of like, uh, TJ Miller's character in Big Hero 6 now that I think about it. Or any TJ um, Miller character. I mean, I <laughs> I do like that theory though, like that Shaggy is just independently wealthy and doesn't really have to worry about anything. So, <laughs> yeah, and drives like a crappy van, and yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't know. I kind of like that. I I I drive that van. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I for live sure. in that van. <laughs> yeah. Now that's all my notes though. Um. Okay. Oh. One gag I do like, and each time I've watched it, that I really enjoy is like the Hot Fuzz picture gag that they do with Scooby. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, maybe. Okay, so like when he's getting propositioned by um, Rowan Atkinson's character in his office, and like oh he yes, he's getting like distracted by different things. He like sees a picture of himself that's clearly in the kitchen set. So I guess it was taken when they were like fighting yeah. or whatever. Um, <laughs> But like he has like, hey! Oh, I never realized that it was the kitchen set. But he's like, hey, that's me, and he like turns. He and d- then he makes the exact yeah, pose, which is like yeah. the same as the Timothy Dalton gag and Hot Fuzz. Oh um, yeah, 
I, I don't know. I just that cracks me up each time that he does the same. Also, that I noticed this time when he does that and um, he's playing with the little bobby head um, cat thing on the table. He's like nodding along with it. Later on, when he asks uh, or he's asked to be a sacrifice, when he nods yes, he does a little bobblehead nod instead of just like the traditional mm. up and down. So just, <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought that, I, I didn't notice that before until today, but I thought that was a cute, cute gag. Um, let's see. Um, Spooky Island seems like a cool vacation destination, like all things considered. <laughs> I would go definitely, like, I would, even like, after like, all like, that. I would, I mean, it's probably not going to be great after. I mean, now that uh, Rowan Atkinson's back in charge and it's not Scrappy, it might be even better. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, what if, what if Scrappy like... made it cool? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he does seem kind of dorky a little bit, so I don't know. But I mean, like, we didn't like we only saw like one roller coaster, and there's like at least like six that we see in that establishing shot, and they all look pretty cool. Yeah. We never saw the rooms they were staying in. Whenever da- um, Velma was looking at the uh, the Cenobite puzzle box, I was wondering why she was doing that, like in a hotel, bar, restaurant area, and not. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, not like in their bedroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you think, That's a good point. You think that was first? That was Velma's first alcoholic drink in that scene, like ever. For the character well so it's funny that you should ask <laughs> because the deleted scene for this scene is the best deleted scene and they should not have cut it even better Honestly, than the all opening? of you guys need to watch all of i consider the deleted scenes to be canon okay. because they're all very good and should have been left in the movie just I like mean, cat in the hat. Logic. This... yeah i was gonna say yeah. that's our logic for cat in the hat so we can, we consider all those scenes canon as well so i think that's fair <laughs> yeah, um, the scene here is a musical number. Okay. Uh, where Velma drunkenly performs You're Just Too Good to Be True. <gasps> I have seen that scene. I yeah, remember I, that. I, too, I, I yeah. actually do remember this, though. And it's fantastic, but at one point when she's like halfway through it, it cuts to Rowan Atkinson at Shaggy's table, and he leans over and goes, She does know that the Bloody Marys are non alcoholic, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, so canonically, to answer your question, no. <laughs> That's a good gag. Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention that um, when when Vel or when um, Daphne is trying to get Scooby and Shaggy to go into the castle with her, she's like, "Would you do it for a Scooby snack?" And then Scooby starts acting like he's injured. I, like, I thought mm-hmm. that was funny. It's like you know she's trying to coerce him to go in there. He's not you know, and he's trying to play to her her better nature by pretending that you know getting her pity and it looks like, pretends yeah. like his <laughs> his paw is broken. And yeah. he, like, <laughs> flicks it and it just swings limply. Yeah. <laughs> well, does any, well, we'll start with you, David. Do you have any parting thoughts for the film? Um, Yeah, just sort of to reiterate what I had said before about splitting it into two movies. Like, I would really <laughs> like to see an R-rated Scooby-Doo, but I don't think this movie would have been the right R-rated Scooby-Doo. Sure. It's, like, very 2000s. And very, like, if they had made it R-rated at this time, I feel like it would be a lot of just, like, sex and boobs and... Yeah, vulgar jokes. Yeah, not really satirical. I mean... Well, I think it was satirical, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be a a parody. Well, yeah, Yeah. it was was kind of for, like, I think their intention was, like, an R-rated Brady Bunch movie with Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. 
Like I think that was what their intent was. So. Yeah. Or kind of like um, when they we when they did the movies for um, Dukes of Hazard and uh, Starsky and Hutch, where they were significantly raunchier and and more adult than the source TV shows. Yeah, I mean, to be yeah. fair, those were also PG thirteen, I think, if I remember correctly. But they I were, but um, Dukes of Hazard in particular want... was was severely yeah. sexed up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, for oh. sure. I mean, there was even an like unrated see... version. Yeah. I would like to see like uh, HBO and Damon Lindelof get together and do the Thirteen <laughs> Ghosts of Scooby Doo miniseries. Heck yes! Would, yeah. Oh my god! I want to see a Damon Lindelof Scooby Doo property. <laughs> yeah, just like Watchmen with Scooby Doo. Yeah. Is anything yeah. as good as Watchmen? Yeah. <laughs> Or the, or the what about the leftovers? Scooby-Doo? Scooby, y'all, yeah. we were thinking the same thing. Scooby-Doo. What if they solved the leftovers? <laughs> they solved the mystery of the leftovers. Yeah, they do it. <laughs> if anyone could, it's those detectives. <laughs> Instead of like the last episode we had, Scooby comes in and says, Roro. <laughs> now I'm just picturing or- Scooby Doo being part of the uh, the group of smokers in the movie. <laughs> I would like it if they were in Scooby Doo, but they like didn't announce it or prepare for it until the last episode. Like just out of nowhere, the mystery gang shows up. And yeah, yes. Yeah. Like they kept it under wraps. <laughs> yeah. The gang rolls right on in. Yeah. yeah. Um. I actually I have a question. Um. Like more no, less related about this movie, more about current events. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys think the new Scooby Doo movie Scoob will? You think that Warner Brothers is maybe waiting to see how the Trolls movie does when they release that on digital? Yeah, I mean, I have thoughts about yeah. that. might do the same thing. Probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I have some thoughts on this. And I think, I mean, what I think is going to happen is, yeah, they're going to, I think both Paramount and Warner Brothers are going to be following the on-demand numbers for Trolls very closely. And I think for they're going to see yeah. um, how it does, like how it's reaching an audience. And then, because last year, anime movies in general just did terrible, except for like Toy Story 4 and like Yeah. Game. So basically anything from Disney. So I think they're just going to look frozen too. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, Frozen too. I don't know. I, my guess is that SpongeBob is probably going to bite the bullet first because Paramount needs more money right now. They already gave Lovebirds to Netflix. So I think, yeah, I think they're going to probably bite the bullet and be like SpongeBob, you know, because that's already based on a TV property anyway. So it's just like, you know, skipping theaters coming on demand. Then I think Warner Brothers is probably going to be more resistant to it because there was that article that came out where like, they were kind of like somebody speculated that with Wonder Woman, I think. Wonder Woman, but though they, I think, but they the a uh, uh, Wonder Woman is a tentpole blockbuster versus Scooby Doo, which is like a kids animated movie. I could see them being a little more lenient with right, that, but cause... no, but uh, that's what I mean. Like, so I think they in that article, like it kind of got misreported because I think their quotes were like, "Yeah, we're not doing that unless like we absolutely have to," and I don't think they'll do that in general. So I think they're gonna probably be more resistant than Paramount to do that but i think if like the writing's on the wall and like this is still going on through throughout march or throughout may i mean then there is going to be like yeah we'll just release this on may because at this point like i guess like all the merchandise and everything would be more of a hassle to like try to push for a theatrical release but i don't know but to answer your question i do think that's probably going to happen maybe like late may early june we'll see all right well on that note we should probably wrap this thing up yeah. Alrighty. All right. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Um, this has been very fun. 
<laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. <laughs> yeah, I loved watching the movie. <laughs> and I love talking yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you were gonna do. I thought you were gonna say more than that, but yeah, I was just like, yeah. Uh, I was, and then I did not have anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved watching the movie. I loved watching it, and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I guess I'll wrap things up for this month's episode. Thank you for listening, and hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. And uh, hopefully, we'll get through this thing sooner as opposed to later. But we'll see. Um, all right, from I was gonna do the outro from uh Cinemaholics. I don't know what's going on. Cinemaholics. Uh, yeah. All right, and remember, <laughs> kids, it ain't ogre till it's ogre. All right, see you, buddy. Bye. So much to do, so much to see, 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 so much to do, so much to see. Hey, school, that was fun. Let's grab another skateboard and, like, do it again, huh? <laughs>